someone was tying someone to a tree and then this couple and their dog just like started walking past and we were naked the funny thing is is like British people are so polite that they didn't even turn their head they saw and they just kept walking a munch is essentially a space where there's not necessarily play or kinky activities going on but it's a space where people who are kinky can get together what is sex that could be the whole question. Penetrative sex, like genital to genital contact, sexual interaction, sexual energy, sexual exchange. For a lot of people who do rope, the rope is the sex. Like the process of tying is the sexual pleasure. Pixie is actually really great for in combination with rope. You can tie Pixie like into the vulva. Like, wow. like hi, how are you doing? Can you give a little of an intro of yourself? Okay, um, I'm Sophia. I'm based in London. I work with rope bondage, BDSM, kink, sexuality, relationships, communication, bodies, and more. Ooh, all the exciting stuff. Nice. So before we go into the interview, let's do a little icebreaker. So how would you describe your intimate sexual self in three words? I would say fluid daring mm-hmm. yeah and purple. why fluid what's the meaning behind fluid so I would say like very changing like I switch so I would say like I'm somebody who likes to top and bottom so give and receive and so I would say my sexuality in terms of roles the things that I enjoy it's very fluid nice. always changing Has that been something that you've uh, always had or is this something that came along your life? Yeah, definitely. I think as I've gotten older, I've felt more confident in embodying more of a top role. I think that like societally, women are often kind of encouraged or perhaps it seems as more like natural to uh, lean towards submissive roles or bottoming. So actually, as I've gotten older, I've really enjoyed stepping into topping. So it hasn't always been so fluid. I definitely was more into bottoming and submissive roles when I first started out. Talking about daring and doing different things, what is the most insane or adventurous thing that you've done sexually? Oh my gosh. There's there's definitely a few. I've had, I've had, I had sex on an airplane. Oh, you're part of the, uh, the Mile Health Club. Is it the Mile Hawker? Yeah. Oh, jelly. It was actually more the scenario around it with it. With the, I mean, that was pretty. Uh, that was pretty funny, I would say. But like otherwise, in terms of wild, kinky things, probably some quite in-depth role plays or quite like curated, well thought out, planned scenes that involved like preparation and location and um, outfits and gear. Like very, I would say like kind of kinky experiences that were akin to a theatrical production like when I look back to it like involved a lot of planning well, which the- theatrical production are we talking about uh the Lion King X all rated spicy all right so you are a shibari artist how did you get into it what's your story into shibari so I was already exploring kink and BDSM probably around 2013 and I was at an event and I saw somebody who was showing some photos of them tied up and I'd seen 
uh, I'd seen images in pornography or in art, but I didn't realize that this was something that people actually get together to learn and practice and do. So when I saw that, I was kind of like, oh, you can learn this, you can do this in community or with others. And really from there, I just kind of threw myself in. I was hungry for experiences, really hungry to learn. And I also really loved the fact that rope was not so much about the rope. I mean, the rope is a big part of it, but it's really about people and how you feel on each day and the dynamic that you have with a person every time you tie. So it's very, again, it's really fluid. It's really dynamic. And that's why I liked it. And that's why I continue to stick with it. I have two questions. How did you get in touch with these people? Or how did you get in touch with the community? Because you saw the pictures. So how did you go from pictures to meeting the people? Where do you find them? Um, at that time, there was something called a munch. People might like be curious about where do I meet other kinky people? Or how can I get involved? How can I find out where these things are happening? And a munch is essentially a space where there's not necessarily play or kinky activities going on but it's a space where people who are kinky can get together and some people have a beer or a glass of wine and there are even specific munches like there's like a rope munch or a latex munch so people who are interested in certain activities can go to a totally non-kinky space like a pub or a bar and meet together and chat so it was through going to a munch that I met people who were then going to other classes and group spaces practicing and that's how I found it is that then also the way um to find out that you like Mediazam or Shibari through munches um or is there any other way that you think okay this is an indicator of okay I should really try it out I mean I think in terms of finding out whether or not you'd like rope or not mm -hmm. It's so varied because for me, I always describe rope as an, ex like rope, anything you can do with your hands, you could do with rope. So it could be intense and uh, quite challenging and quite um, lots of movement. It could also be very comforting and sensual and erotic. It could be meditative. It could be cathartic. So really, I think it's it's more about like, if you're curious you can explore it in the realm that you're interested in. So if you're curious about rope, I would say um, also think about what intention are you curious about it within? Are you curious about it in a, a sexual way? Are you curious about it because it looks like meditative and calming and kind of soothing? Are you curious about the artistic aspect? And to be specific about it, because people come to this practice for different reasons. And I think if you're aware of what your desire is or you're aware of what your intention or your attraction to this practice is, you'll be better able to uh, express that and then meet other people who are also aligned with you. But do you think that uh, in order to know what you desire in Shibari, you have to try the different forms? Yeah, I think maybe you don't know until you try. However, I think because of the power dynamic that happens in rope, like there's regardless of your, how you're approaching it, there's always a power dynamic at play. Um, if you're curious about trying different styles of rope, 
to be, again, explicit that you are curious about trying, not to throw yourself in at the deep end and say, oh, I have to go uh, full force into some really erotic sexual scene if I'm curious about like trying that. You can express, I'd maybe like to try something that puts rope on different parts of my body this time, or I'd really like to try being tied and then touched in a certain way and find a way to check in and to, um, you can always do more, it's harder to do less. So I always encourage people to like, leave yourself wanting a little bit more than feeling like you have to throw yourself into the deep end and then be like, oh, I don't wanna do that again because I pushed myself too far. And in your, um, in the field of Shibari, are there teachers that uh, do, different types of shibari all in one or are they more uh, specific into for example one is more of the, the sensual shibari artist the other is the more extreme or is it one size fits all no there's definitely different styles and different focuses um some people are very focused on rope is really more like psychologically challenging and physically challenging some people are really solely focused on aesthetics like creating dynamic shapes and kind of things that look beautiful and the kind of um, intricate ties on the body so I think it's also worth it to look around and find a teacher that you're inspired by or somebody that you're inspired by um, because there really is a variety out there of approaches and perspectives and also um, kind of overlapping of different practices like there are some people who work with ropes who also work with dance and movement or people who work with ropes and are also yeah really heavy into kink as well and bring like other elements of BDSM into their rope play. Mm -hmm. So do you think uh, as a first timer of someone who wants to try out shibari do you recommend them to go to one teacher and to try the different forms or would you say hey find different people, uh, different artists and try with different people for the first time or the, the first period? I think it's always a good idea to like touch bases in a few different areas to find out um, what you're drawn to. Like even if you go somewhere and you try something and it's not for you, it helps to bring you clarity on what it is that you do like and what it is that you do enjoy. And I would say that Um, nowadays, the thing that's really wonderful is the internet can connect you with so many different artists and teachers. And a lot of people do offer either like some online seminars or have recordings of classes that they've done. Mm -hmm. So there's also, regardless of where you are in the world, there's space and scope to connect with and learn from different, different teachers, different people. Maybe try that actually. We attended, uh, well, we organized a Shibari session of Wahuahua last week, and it was actually my first time. Wingsy already did one last year in Shanghai with Wahua, and it was, you know, I've heard about it and I know theoretically what it does to you and your partner, and that it's very liberating or meditative in a way for yourself, but just by attending it, I really wanted to experience or practice it with myself. Um, for the people who have the same type of feeling, but they want to break it to their partner, and you know that your partner might be quite conservative or maybe has never heard about it. How do you break this to your partner that you want to try it out? Well, I think firstly, really acknowledging that for most people, if you search bondage or shibari, you might see images that can look quite 
intense, quite like hard, quite potentially people might look at that and think that looks really violent. I don't want to do that. Or that looks really scary. And that's often because you're seeing, again, like a very slim snippet of styles and body types and dynamics, but also because you don't see the process when you are seeing these final images, you don't get to see the act of the tying in process, um, which is actually so much about touch, listening, being present with your partner, being present with yourself. And it's actually, I think, very tender and very like sweet isn't a word that can like describe it, but it's actually much like more sweet and tender than these images can uh, represent. So I think firstly, maybe talking about the, the fears or the worries, and also if possible, try to uh, maybe find some videos or some uh, clips of tying in process, because I think when people see it in process, they are really surprised at how uh, connecting it can be. Yeah. The process of the tying and not just the finished result. Okay. Well, if you have any videos, shoot them over. We also shot a couple of videos last week. They were very nice to see, but I haven't, I also don't know where to go find the videos. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll type in Shibari in Google and then there's what you already said. You're going to have so many different videos and some of them are more like, the Pornhub way of Shibari and you don't really want to go into that, you know, rabbit hole of Shibari. You actually want to find the beautiful videos that show what it can also be. So is there is there a place on the internet where we can find it? Or is that on your site? Is that on your, on your gram? I mean, the thing is, I would say like one of the things about Instagram is you can't put, you can't post pornographic content <laughs> or, you know, you'll get banned if you do. So in a sense, a lot of the images or the, the things that people share on Instagram tend to be the more uh, gentle artistic stuff. So potentially on a lot of um, rope artists, Instagram, or sometimes people also have Vimeo. There are some videos I can, I can send you some over. Yes, please. Uh, I think also like having a really uh, like identifying what it is behind why you want to do rope, because essentially like most people, when they ask their partner to do something with them, it's about connection. It's like a request for connection. It's a request for like deepening your intimacy for doing something that is about vulnerability and trust. And I think if you also frame it in that way, um, rather than like, I just want you to dominate me and tie me up, which might also be valid. And if you want to do that, that's fine. But often people, you know, it's like, I want to do something that is about like connecting with you and being vulnerable with you. And I think that when you frame it in that way, it can be received differently. Yeah. Yeah. So for you personally, do you also incorporate Shibari in your personal life, your personal sex life? You know, it's funny. I've gone through phases where I have, phases where I haven't. Currently, like there's a little bit of it going on, but not like not as much as in the past. But what I would say is that the ropes that I use in my sex, like sex life are very different to the ropes that I do when I'm just doing rope. Like for me, actually rope and sex are kind of separate. Like I find rope sensual and definitely a part of my sexuality. But if I want to have sex, I'm not going to tie in the same way that I would if I'm going to have a session just for ropes. So the ropes that I would use 
for sex, I might even use a completely different material. I might not use jute. I might use like cotton because it's softer and it's a little bit more um, sustainable and you can wash it. So if you get fluids on it, that's fine. Um, but if I'm tying just for a rope session, I'll definitely do really different things than if I'm tying for the purposes of something else. How often does a rope session end in sex out of 100 out of the 100 times? For me personally, out of a hundred times, it would maybe end in sex like one time. Oh, really? Wow. So it's really just about the process, about the beauty, the the meditative state behind it. Well, maybe you have sex afterwards, but I think actually, and also like, what is sex? That could be the whole question. Like, you know, like penetrative sex, like genital to genital contact, rarely um like sexual interaction sexual energy sexual exchange maybe more often yeah. but it's it's really interesting if you speak and it's really different for everyone but for, for a lot of people who do rope um the rope is the sex like the process of tying is the sexual pleasure and then maybe uh sometimes people incorporate like other stuff in their rope but more often than not it's kind of separate from what I hear from a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I'm also very curious about whether the people that meet you are also into you because you're doing Shibari as your profession, or is it more like a, a wider scope? Oh, like the people in, in what sense? In the sense that uh, the people that you meet, that you date or your partner, whether they are all into Shibari or is it, a misconception to, to think that my last three partners have been like not kinky oh. not yeah like not not in the scene actually and that it's kind of I guess also um yeah it's really interesting and I guess that doesn't mean that you that that we don't have uh like kinky sex or that we don't explore stuff together but they haven't been like into it in the way that I have been which sometimes is also um I like that because I think that when you for me like doing this professionally as well um there's an element to which like you said people could be attracted to me for the work that I do and actually in my relationships there's like lots of other sides to me that are yeah like not um the professional rope person or like kink educator and it's it's kind of interesting yeah my last like three partnerships they haven't been in the kink scene themselves oh yeah that's uh, very interesting to hear then I'm actually also curious because are there other things that you do outside of shibari that help you spice up your sex life do you have some other tips for people oh my gosh honestly like communication <laughs> It sounds like a really like you know it boils down to communication. We hear it so often. That's actually, I think, also our yeah. answer. If people say, "Hey, how do you spice it up?" or "How do you have a better sex life?" Communication. Yeah, I mean, the thing that has helped me to be more confident <clears throat> in asking for what I want and having the kind of sex that is really pleasurable, pre pleasurable for me, was to look at like my yeah my communication skills my needs my desires also like my um my fawn response like I don't know if you've heard of that like fawning like uh defaulting to somebody else's pleasure rather than my own mm. or like people pleasing like people yes. pleasing 
activities. So like really working on that has really helped me to like spice up my sex life. Um, How do you work on that actually on your, uh, the people pleasing part? How do you like separate from that? Or how do you know when you're people pleasing or when you're pleasing yourself? I think it's a really, it's a really long process but I think it starts with like identifying like what's happening in your body when things are happening like uh how fastly do I default to a yes um like how does my body feel when I'm saying yes or making decisions and I think so often we can be really disconnected because we're so much focused on like uh we want connection so much with others that we forget to like check in with our body first when we're asked something. Um, And so I think it really, for me, it starts with like giving myself more time to make decisions, giving myself like time to really check in with my body of like, oh, like, do I want to do that? Like, what does a yes feel like? What does a no feel like? And start to identify that. Just being more aware of what is happening at that moment and checking in with yourself. Um, and another way of like spicing up my sex life, honestly, also like I started working out and I'm telling you like a little extra testosterone and like a little pump. Yeah. It works. Yeah. It It helps. Go into the gym right after this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Yeah. Um, but also like, yeah, kind of shedding expectations of what, um it means to look good or how I think that I should be sexually which I think also comes with like age and confidence um yeah that really spices up my sex life like I think you know you can bring all the toys and all the gear and all the stuff in the world into it but it really starts with like feeling starting to feel comfortable with yourself and starting to feel really like confident and um safe and free Mm. okay yes good good insights when it comes to toys or toys or any accessories is there anything that you would recommend we were we were playing with wax as well well you have rope okay go ahead no no i was gonna say i really love the i've forgotten the name of it the little this shaped one that you have oh kit the vibrator the little one oh Oh, pixie. pixie Pixie. I love Pixie. I love Pixie. I love Pixie for solo play and I love Pixie for partnered um, sex as well. Like putting Pixie on the clitoris while missionary sex and like letting Pixie grind whilst you're penetrated is... Because it's small, right? We hear that often. It's so small. It's not intimidating for, for the partner if the partner... But it also doesn't get in the way. Like sometimes I find like, and sometimes that can be a hot thing, like, you know, introducing toys, but it's also nice to have toys that you can um, include in sex that still keeps you really more connected to your partner. And it's not like the toy is like, you know, the main focus of the experience. Like the toy is definitely like bringing a lot of pleasure, but the connection with your partner is still really there. So I love Pixie and Pixie is actually really great for in combination with rope. And I'd love to show this sometime, but like you can tie Pixie like into the vulva. Like, oh, it's hands free then. Wow. Nice. Oh yeah. We should do another, we should, we should do a follow-up session. Yes, definitely. 
Do you have any other spicy stories or experiences within the Shibari realm that you've encountered? I want to share with us. Um, I have some kind of funny experiences. I have there's lots of spicy experiences. I guess a funny one is like a friend of mine. I we quite a lot of people are interested in like bondage outdoors, like being tied up outside, and um, we did. Yeah, I know your face is like what? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just thinking like, like where I'm going to the forest and some someone is tying me down to, to a tree, and then that person is just walking away, and I'll just be tied to the tree. That's the vision well, that I have. <laughs> Yes, you're pretty spot on. Like we did that. We went somewhere where we thought it was really secluded. Like I was tying her to a tree. Actually, no, maybe she was tying me to a tree. I don't know. Someone was tying someone to a tree. And then like this um, couple and their dog just like started walking past. And we were naked. But like the funny thing is, is like British people are so polite that they didn't even they didn't even like turn their head. They saw and they just kept walking. Hey, so it was so funny. to you. <laughs> amazing well if we want to try it out in london or somewhere we know that in 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 britain uh, or in britain in the uk we won't be frowned upon well, i think i mean they're, they're more embarrassed they're probably more embarrassed than you are you know that's like the british the culture yeah oh this is a call to action i just go out and have some uh, outdoor bondage play with a tree well whatever nobody's <laughs> nobody's gonna make a remark anyway love it Careful, All right. don't get splinters. No splinters in your ass. You know, Did you get splinters careful. in your ass? Um, no, no. Times where I was like, oh, I need to just, you know. Would you recommend my back? Would you recommend the sh outdoor shibari play? Tabi um, I think it can be really erotic and really like a really wonderful sensory experience to kind of experience um the wind and the air or the sun not necessarily the sun if you're in the UK but you know the wind and the air and the, the sensations of nature in combination with rope can be really powerful yeah by persons in a dog mm, yeah yeah okay all right great insight gonna try it out yeah you're gonna try it out <laughs> <laughs> maybe a rooftop instead of a porch oh yeah. So the last one is, uh, where can people find you? Where can people find uh, more information, potentially get classes from you or experiences, workshops? More insights. More insights. More tying to tree stories. <laughs> um, so my website is venushour.co.uk. And my Instagram is Sophia Rose, which maybe you can link because there's some underscores in there. I know it's the best for marketing and all that kind of stuff. Maybe you can my Instagram, but people can find me on Instagram or on my website. Sometimes I also teach online for other spaces as well. So keep keep true because if in the UK, but you want to connect, there's definitely opportunities to learn online and um, yeah, like connect regardless of where you are in the world. Great. Nice. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great insights for a very short podcast. Love it. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.